This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Steph wins the towel. He quick jumped him. Curry relocate three. Got it! He's got 38, and half of them are here in the fourth. Welcome on to BetQL Daily, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Tuesday Lots to get to. Zach Price will join the show next hour to talk, well, all things. But Zach now is a part of Mile High Sports 98.1 out in Denver. Denver Sports Betting Show. Zach Economics joins us next hour. Ryan McDonough, Odyssey NBA Insider in the 11 a.m. Eastern hour on the NBA trade deadline, which is, I believe, nine days away, a week from this Thursday, the NBA trade deadline. So we'll talk a lot of NBA with Ryan, NBA MVP race. Which, uh, which took some twisted turns last night. Let's get into it here. And, of course, a lot of football, as always, here on BetQL Daily. We'll get to <laughs> lots on the Super Bowl with props and all that. Uh, oh, Coach- I'm already diving in, Joe G. I've got one. I've got one circle that I love. I was digging into it this morning. I'm like, all right, beautiful. I- I'm going to have at least one every day because we love to talk football on this show. Yes, uh, we'll do a lot of that. <laughs> we can start with some basketball, though. That was a fun night in the NBA. The matchup's a little off, right? You're like, ah. Eh. I don't know if there's a lot of great games. Um, the Sixers game, which we'll get to in a second, incredible battle between Morant and Tyrese Maxey going back and forth into overtime. When we start there with Steph Curry, Steph was you know pretty cold over the last month. He has really cooled off, and it's allowed him to fall off the perch as the NBA MVP favorite. But last yeah. night, I mean, to do that, like the, the Rockets are a bad team, but they were right there with the, the Warriors. And then Steph was just like, nah, we're done here. And he just he went crazy in the fourth. Well, what he did in the fourth matched what he was averaging all month. We were talking right. about his uh, how, how all of his struggles that he had in January. And leading into last night, talking about a 14-game sample size, he was averaging 21.1 points per game, and he scored 21 in the fourth quarter last night. Like, enough of that. Curious to see if this uh, continues. But for the game, what did he shoot? 50% from beyond yes. the arc. Vintage Steph, 40 points, nine assists. Uh, curious to see what happens next. So is he going to uh, – there going to be some regression? I wouldn't blame him if there was. It was against Houston. So you, you don't want to go too far, but uh, the Warriors back on a nice – back to their winning ways of late. You also wonder it's that point in the season, the All-Star break's coming up. Like guys are probably a little tired right now and could use the, the break and the rest. And I'm sure once Steph was like, yeah, we probably don't want to lose this game, let me – let me step things up here a little bit. Let's hear from Steph after the game last night on uh, when it's going good, it's it's going really good. I mean, yeah, you know when you're in, zone, in that zone, but you always feel like the next shot is going to start a vibe like that. That's why it's obviously there's no secret how I've been shooting the ball recently, but the confidence is always like it just takes one to ignite a night like that in the fourth quarter like that. And me and Coach had a conversation this morning just about – where we are in the season and and all that. And he made a comment on 
So you never coach somebody like me that, you know, could shoot the way I have been. And he's hesitant to talk about what shots I should take and all that because my confidence is through the roof and in my game and, and the work that you put in is going to show up eventually. So, you know, that's that's the way you have to approach it. I would actually say that, it, that now might be a good time to start jumping on Steph props because th I think there's positive regression hmm. that's going to come now. If you look at his numbers, and I believe last night is included in this, like his overall season totals, he's at 37.9% from three. He has never had a season in the NBA. It was like two years ago he played five games. I'm not going to include that. Like, he's never had a, a, a normal full year in the NBA where he shot under 41%. Like, that, that's the worst he shot. I mean, he's had a lot of years of 42, 43, 44. And this is from three-point range I'm speaking of. I, if you're someone likes to bet props on Steph Curry, maybe you're hitting a bunch of three three props earlier in the year, you know, or three-plus made threes, however you want to bet it. I feel like there's regression in the positive direction coming here, Joe. I mean, he's, it feels like he'll get back to at least 40%. That's his level. Yeah, you know, we would bring it up just for betting purposes on a night-to-night -night basis. But we never thought, oh, God, Steph is going to be bad. Steph is not going to be right. all-star caliber even, you know, because that's far below his level. Like, nobody nobody ever thought that. We know he's going to go back on his on his tear. And what what is interesting is before he snapped last night, they won five in a row. So now we're at, at a six-game winning streak. Looking ahead a little bit, San Antonio, Sacramento, OKC. They should continue this uh, this winning streak for sure, and I'd actually be surprised if Steph reverts back to what we saw most of this month. So the other big game last night was the Sixers without Embiid against John Moran and the Grizzlies. Great game, back and forth, overtime. Mm -hmm. Sixers pull it out without Embiid, one twenty two, one nineteen. Um, so it's interesting because I, I think I mentioned the show yesterday. If Morant goes crazy and wins this game, where would he be in the um, MVP odds today? So he did go crazy. He lost the game, but his MVP odds actually did lower a little bit. So he goes down to yeah. 10 to 1 from 12 to 1. I mean, he was making plays last night in the lane. I mean, it just it like Derrick Rose, Allen Iverson kind of stuff that you haven't seen in a while in the NBA. Just unbelievable plays. So Morant goes to 10 to 1. It's Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Curry, Morant in that order. Uh, fun game last night between the Sixers and the, uh, and the Grizzlies. Just over two months left. Do you think this is the list? This is it. Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Steph, Ja, and then a huge drop-off. Is is the MVP coming from the top five, or is there enough time in, what, like nine weeks for someone to jump up? So if someone was go going to jump up, who are the names that could? LeBron, who we talked about last week at 50-1. to 1, He's 42-1 to 1 today. Luka, 48-1. Okay. to 1. Could yes. anyone else actually do it? Durant still hurt. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think – I mean, DeRozan's going the wrong way here. I don't think that was ever going to happen. Devin nope. Booker's interesting, 35-1. to 1. He's just kind of hung out, been really good all year. No one's talked about him. I he, He's no. missing time. Right. But I, I think it's coming from the I, top five. I think it probably is. It I automatically is. don't bet on any players that are dating a Kardashian or Jenner. So Devin Booker's a stay away from me. Ow. Get him out. He's a, he's the one that you know <laughs> people don't hate because a lot of times you hate people when they uh, are in with the Kardashians. I think I actually think they've yeah. done a good job of keeping their relationship low key, and I think because Kendall is the only one that doesn't have like tons of plastic surgery, maybe people don't hate her as much. I have no idea. 
That's it. I think that's it. It's I just my right. hot take on the uh, Jenner Thank family. You. <laughs> we appreciate the. Um, as far as last night, uh, I was I was in the neighborhood. I figured Maxi was a play, but how do you play him? I just picked the wrong prop. Man, did he go off with thirty three points? He I did. I, I saw, saw that. I saw the jump in the uh, the points prop, so I stayed away. I sh- I should have should have been in on that one. Thirty three points, eight assists. Tobias Harris with thirty one points in the Philly win. That was a lot of fun. We were disappointed when Embiid. We found out that he wasn't going to be playing, but uh, that one did not disappoint at all. And Joe G mentioned about how Jaws. MVP odds dropped 37 points, but I will say did have nine turnovers and he did miss a free throw to win the game and two threes in overtime that could have iced it. Yeah. He, yeah. he couldn't finish it. Uh, I mean, I mean, look, we're asking for now 40 points and an overtime win on the road, but, right. but no, it's MV, right? These, these are MVP kind of moments. Right. And he didn't, he didn't really have that. He could have, he had highlights, but he didn't have an MVP game or, or moments or couldn't finish that one. After the show, because we were talking about, um, you know, the Sixers without Embiid. So I was looking up the best NBA teams, ATS, Memphis, number one, Oklahoma City, number two. So I bet both of them on the spread. But then I hedged with the Sixers uh, mid game and then took them with some plus money, money line just for fun, because I guess no Monday night football. I needed some action. So I, uh, I had fun watching that game as well. Yeah, it was a good game last night. So the NBA was fun. We'll get to some college hoops. How about the uh, NFL coaching mm-hmm. carousel? Uh, listen oh to this. Gosh. Mark Davis, Josh McDaniels talking about the tuck rule, which I believe, is that 20 years ago now? About 20 years ago? I think we're, yeah. I think, I think yeah. we're right around the 20-year mark. for it's that. 01, right. right? 01 season, so it would be the 02, yeah, the winter of 02. All right, here they are yesterday uh, out in Las Vegas. One thing, when I met Josh on Saturday – um, we, we met in the hallway as we were passing. It was before the uh, interview process was going to start. And uh, I said, hey, I introduced myself and everything. And he said, he looked me in the eye and he said, there's one thing. It was a fumble. <laughs> so Raider Nation, if you're worried, he's already come over to the dark side. <laughs> Mark Davis dropping jokes yesterday. <laughs> the talk I'm glad they could laugh about it now. It's been 20 years. Sick of waiting on Harbaugh, right? Sick of yeah. waiting. I, I was surprised because in the beginning, when we got these eight, it ended up being nine openings, we weren't hearing a lot of chatter about Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. And we, we'd heard for so long, or there was a rumor that, okay, there's a plan in New England. He's eventually going to be t- take over. I wonder if that, those conversations were real. Um, maybe they were supposed to already happen, and Bill's like, no, I'm good. I, I want to coach a little bit longer. I, I don't know when it's going to end. I wonder if those conversations were had, but um, I'd feel good if I was a Raiders fan. I, I'd feel a lot better. I mean, the turmoil they just dealt with, and they still made it all the way to the postseason. And I, I know he's biased, and he's a close friend of his, but I thought Lombardi made some good points about Josh McDaniels. Don't we all get better? Don't we all learn? Like, think back to our first big job that we may not have sure. been ready for. He clearly wasn't ready for that. And he was open about it at that presser yesterday, which I found really interesting. He was flat out saying, I made a lot of mistakes. I, you know, without saying it, like I was a dumb teenager kind of thing. Uh, exactly. You know? And we've seen guys leave that Belichick system and run into that. And maybe this time it's going to be different for him because he went through it already. And even Belichick okay, wasn't successful point. his first go around. 
Yeah, another counterpoint though. What about guys like Leslie Frazier then? And you know, other guys who have been, you know, Pat Shermer got two shots at it. Like other guys that have been, you know, I guess it's a little bit different as because you've seen his success as a coordinator, but I think like Frazier's the one that immediately jumps to mind, like didn't called well. Or was he a coach? He was a coach twice and we're we're kind of kind of I mean Joe G was in his corner, but how do you kind of pick and choose who you're gonna give that benefit of the doubt? Oh, he did it once, kind of bombed. Let's give him another shot. I mean, that's that's the disadvantage we have. We're trying to judge from the outside. We don't know what's being said in the room or some specifics right. that they, they would be giving. I mean, the bottom line is look at what he did he did with Mac Jones this year. And I'm curious to see what the real Mac Jones looks like. He ha- he does have a history of developing quarterbacks. Right. I don't know what the plan is. They'll probably uh, keep Carr around for a little bit till they figure out the next QB. But I want an offensive mind. He is one of the strong offensive minds in the game. I, I would not hesitate to hire Josh McDaniels looking at uh, the list of candidates that are out there. Yeah, I mean, to answer Paul's question, like how do we parse who we give second chances to, who we feel good about a second chance, I think age is a big part of it. I mean, we were yep. kidding last week with the, the Caldwell thing, but Josh McDaniels is only 45. You know, when, when you were talking about a coach like Leslie Frazier or um, Caldwell or whoever, uh, you know, some Shermer, someone who's in their late 50s, 60s, it's like, really? It's like, I, I don't know Almost why. 70. We, yeah, it's like, <laughs> are, is there upside to this person? Is, did they really get better? Um, but Josh McDaniels got the job. He was what? If he's 45 now, we're talking about 33, 34. He was the Broncos coach. That's really young. And mm-hmm. most guys aren't McVeigh, right? Like McVeigh, like what he was been able to do at 31 years old, taking that job and going to two Super Bowls, he's that's that's the rare guy. I mean, this is more normal. The one thing I worry about with McDaniel's, then we'll get to Joe's uh, prop on his mind here for the Super Bowl. I just wonder if he's if he's grown as a as a leader, right? Like he he walked out on the Colts. That that worries me more. Like is he is he all in? Does he really want to be there? Or is this like I got to take a job? I, I don't know if I'm going to get one ever again. If, if he's all in, I think he'll be better this time. It seems like he is, and also his reputation. I mean, even Lombardi spoke very highly of him. So people who have been, you know, surrounded by him, you know, and have seen his growth, and he even admitted he learned a lot. And some people, um, including myself, have to learn from mistakes, and that's the best way to mm-hmm. learn is to get thrown into the fire and be like, oh, you know. <laughs> so now that he has the second chance – he's probably shown the people around him that he has learned from it to build up that trust, you know, to earn this uh, second chance with the Raiders. You know, it's, it's funny these days. It's, I'd say mostly positive. It feels like there's a rebirth, no matter what the organization is. Same thing with the giants. Dave all pulls up in that truck. Let's go. I mean, that that's the fan base, right? That's the reaction. Even a little bit with the media, they're going to give the benefit of doubt, maybe not New York, but in most places, that's the case. The, the reaction to the double presser with the new GM and head coach in Chicago was, oh, boy. They're going to they're gonna take the North and not give it back. That's what I heard yesterday. Right? Oh, boy. Yeah, take that's what Ryan, Ryan Pohl said. Yeah. And, boy, that was strong. He, he read it right off the page. And then right after he said, we're going to take the North and not give it back. You heard the big page turn so he could remember what, what he wanted to get to next on his notes. If they start um, off one and five next year, that, that quote is going to be plastered everywhere. Oh, if. Um, yeah, there's a lot of high school slash college football there with Eberflus. I don't know if it's going to work, not the direction I would have gone. But really, I don't even think Eberflus is the most impactful coach on that staff. 
It's the guy he hired for OC. That's what matters. If Justin Fields works, if the offense works, Eberflus is going to look like a genius. The way some people are coming at me about Zach Taylor right now. Oh, you know, right. I mean that. That's what. That's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. <laughs> that's a bigger hire. The play caller is a bigger hire than the head coach. It's one of those strange situations. Need to nail it. Joe Ojo, and Hawks with BetQL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Super Bowl props up next on the BetQL Network.